Welcome, everyone, back to the broadcast. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network, and I am joined by Tracy Pearson. Tracy, how are you today, my good man? I'm I'm okay. I'm good. I mean, weather's great out here in California. Uh, you know when you're old, that's all you talk about is the weather. Right? It's true. So, weather's great. Actually, if my dad is in the indication, you talk about um, gardening. I'm not there yet, but oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. You talk about the weather. Yeah. And you talk about your ailments. Mm, Yeah, I don't want to do that. (laughs) Yeah. If I talk about my ailments too much, then they become real. You're going to talk. So give it, I don't know, you probably got, I think you probably got 15 years before you fall fully into just talking about the, the litany of things that are going on with your joints. Um, but once it hits, it's fine. Embrace it. Just talk about your, your like, ah, my ankle, you know? So contrarian as we all are, I'm not going to try to do that. You're not going to try, but I honestly, I think it's one of those inevitabilities. Okay. So my life is just an inevitability and then I die. No, I would say certain elements of it, but becoming an old man in a very generic old man way, I think is an inevitability for all of us. And every generation thinks they're going to be different old people, and they're not. They're exactly the same. Yeah, well, I mean, there's going to be differences. There's going to be nuances. But I think every – so here's my theory about um, boys and men generally is that boys are um, – they need to be told at the age of like 11 that whenever they're talking to you about one of those things that an 11-year-old gets really interested in, you need to be able to tell them right then, and it's important for their later life development – this is boring the crap out of me because nothing, nothing a boy is interested in at like 10 or 11 years old is interesting in any way. Like I can remember trying to talk to my dad about whatever video game I was playing at 11 and I, it must've been just, he must've been bored to absolute tears. And I think it would have been better served in life if he had just said, you know what, this is, this is boring the crap out of me. That's now, it goes the, the, now it goes the other way when you have grown kids you're saying something and you're what you're advocating is the kid should say, Hey dad, this is boring the crap out of me. No. Cause you're kind of like, you're done, right? Like, it's not like you're going to develop beyond this. I mean, you are who you are. They shouldn't say that to you cause it's rude, but so you can it's still inevitable. And I die. Well, you're you can say that again. You well, you can still mold an 11 year old, but the thing okay. is you got to embrace like, and I don't think you're there yet. I think once you hit like a, a 70, 75, that's where you're like, Oh, yeah, I, I'm just a boring old man now, and that's just what I got to do. This is what this is the one thing I really want to. Okay, I'll talk about weather. I'll talk about my joints. I don't mind talking about my joints. Um, but have you when? Okay, I'm. I was born in 1960, so tail end of the baby boomers. You know, it was it was that you know 70s apathetic, but also the 60s. I I always wondered where old people got their clothes. Like mm. who dresses old people? Where do those older women get those those kind of pants, those uh, plastic pants, whatever those things are, you know, that old women wore? I just you never saw them in stores. And I always laughed and I thought our generation will never dress like that. Now I see people like in, who are 70 and they have gotten those pants and those clothes. Yeah. There, there's got to be some secret store where old people start shopping and buying clothes. I, I, that's what I want to keep dressing 
like I'm not 70. That's what that's yeah, my but then, goal. But, yet, but then you're like the 70 year old guy dressing not no. like a 70 year old guy. It's like no, there's a there's a fine line. You don't like you know, you're not you're not dressing wholly ripped up jeans and crap like that. There's a fine. I'm dressing so that I'm about 45. That's the age. You're, I'm you're, so uh, what I see is like you wear like khakis and a tucked in polo. Like that's that's I think you're you're old you're old manning it still, but you look normal. Like that's the way to go. I think. Wow. Okay. I I would never wear khakis and a tucked in polo. And I would I would. It's pay a uniform. It's you. a uniform. Okay. You got to do it. You got to dress okay. like an old man. I'm sorry. Those are the rules. Okay, people have have already. That's have great. Looked, we can we can have go you off. Looked at the telephone lines. They've <laughs> all clicked off. Yeah, we can. Now, now we can really talk the deep secrets. Okay, let's UCLA. start. Let's start the, the podcast now. Um, all right. Well, everyone, we've got a lot to talk about, as you can tell today. Um, <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't the case that pre-show we were like, "What the hell are we going to talk about?" No. No, we were just like firing off you, ideas, so many back and forth that we had to edit a few out. Do you lie to your kids like that? Do you just blatantly do you lie to your kids? I'm an exceptional liar. It's okay. not a it's not a good quality, but I am an exceptional liar. I because try to I'm, avoid you, it with my kids. I knew you were lying, but I almost believed you. Yeah, you yeah. I'm well. I think lying is an important quality. I think you need to teach your like not even. I don't discourage it as much with my kids. Oh no! You should lie to your. Everyone should lie to their kids. Of but course. also, like when your kids start lying, yeah, okay, you know, if it's something serious, okay, you shouldn't do that. But also, your kids have to learn how to lie, and they got to learn how to lie well, because a big part of living is lying about stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. true. Anyway, um, all right, so we've got uh, some stuff to talk about. Um, we... I mean, everyone wants to talk about the football season. That's the what foot- everyone needs ball. to talk about season and it's yeah. coming up um so this past weekend was it saturday that they had the press conference or was it friday it was saturday yeah weird weird timing but ucla had a press conference where they went through an extremely detailed and thorough plan for everything they're doing with the return to campus i don't want to go through every single detail because frankly some of it was over my head it's it's mind-numbing yeah i mean and this is not in a critical way it was an amazing plan it sincerely was but it's so much i i your brain doesn't take anything away from it that much yeah no it was it was uh it was a lot like even reading the transcript it was just well, I, I listened to parts of it, and I'm like, yeah, they really did talk in long paragraphs, but seeing it in print, wow. Hey, Mike Regalado. What a champion. What a champion. I want you to applaud, Mike. Wow. Big applause. Big applause. Big applause, Big Mike. Um, so I uh, – but my, my main takeaway was just kind of about it, which was um, damn it's thorough because I'm comparing it to – various public school plans because you know i'm looking at like what's my daughter going to go back to um this fall and comparing it to just various things i'm seeing throughout just the world beyond athletics and as far as like return to campus or return to school or all those different plans that are floating out there with various different things ucla seems top notch um and it seems to cover a lot of bases it seems to cover a lot of contingencies it seems to allow for the various uncertainties that are going to come just throughout. Um, I mean, in as much as you can be comfortable with a plan, I, I think UCLA's is, uh, I don't know, I was, I was pretty impressed. Yeah, 
No, com- every contingency, everything that happens, they they have a plan. I mean, I was trying when I was listening to that whole thing. I was taking notes, trying to shoot holes in their plan, and I I mean, I I couldn't find any. So yeah. no, it, it was very thoroughly done. Um, yeah. But but we, it's kind of hard to like put it to narrow it down into bullet points because it was so huge and comprehensive. So go ahead, you try. Oh, I got nothing. Um, I don't think there is a way to narrow it down to bullet points. Um, I thought a lot of it fit with what we've heard from a lot of other Pac-12 schools, like various. Um, uh, honestly, the only the only schools that are a little bit weird are really the Arizona schools. Everyone else is kind of returning in pods and and doing it in taking all of my effort to contain myself. Oh yeah, pods. No. Arizona schools, but yeah, okay, go ahead. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, the, the 10 person pods of the strength coach, um, all that kind of stuff. It's kind of melded together from various other plans throughout the league. Um, but you know, it makes sense. Um, again, in as much as anything makes sense. Um, so players started to trickle back in what on Monday this week? Yes. Just yes. Trickle back in. That's exactly it. Yeah, um, and I don't know if we're going to – or when or if we're going to get, like, a full reporting tally or if if we'll even hear whether guys did not come back or have chosen not to come back or – I think there's still – it started on Monday where there's uh, – everyone's getting tested, but they're also having, like, interviews on what, you know, what you've been doing, you know, pretty thorough and what your opinion is about how much risk are you willing to take. Uh, I mean, so I, I don't think they probably have come to any conclusions just yet. Yeah. Um, the most frustrating, one frustrating thing for me is we're, at least this is the way I interpreted it. Um, we will not get a number of UCLA football players. It won't be reported how many tested positive for COVID-19. It's going to be layered into any kind of numbers reported by the university. So that. That's, you know, that's kind of UCLA-esque. It would be nice. I mean, wouldn't it be smart that, and I don't really understand why, I guess it's just another bit of secrecy that enables them to operate in the dark a bit, right? Yeah, I think it allows them a little bit more flexibility. Um, I'm against it, but a lot of Pac-12 schools are not going to report infections like that. So it isn't uncommon, but it does feel... I don't. I don't need to know who, but it would no, be no. helpful to know generally what team is experiencing an outbreak. Um, and I would think, like, I'm sure they're communicating it within the teams themselves, or I would hope they would. Um, but you'd want to know, or if you're, well, I guess if you if you live next door to the football team and you hear, oh, ten of them got COVID. Oh, okay, I want to know that. Um, I guess this is what would be, I think, a good middle ground. Leading up through uh, fall camp is that we got re- – I understand that maybe they don't want the, the numbers reported during the season, <laughs> right? I can get that. You know, football coaches might feel that that gives your opponent uh, uh, an advantage if there's a report that 25 people are quarantined for the next game. But before that, all through July and August, you know, I don't think there's really anything against – reporting just the numbers you know and as soon as they get into the season if they do we're gonna know (laughs) 
we're going to know who's not playing in the game. So I, I, I don't know. I, now that I just said it out loud, it just seems even sillier. Yeah. Not for it. Yeah. Um, I, and it's going to be a feeling out process, I'm sure. But, um, yeah, I, I think uh, we have an interest, obviously, in being able to report that stuff. But I think it would be just good generally as a public health matter. To... Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I mean, you'd want to know if there's an out if <laughs> if you're a student at the school, you'd want to know if the football team has had an outbreak. Yeah, I would think so. Just so you kind of know. Um, but anyway, uh, the plan itself seems good. Or again, um, as much as any of these things can be. Um, so you know. here's one thing I took also from it. And I asked the question and they answered it as best as they could. Um, because once we heard all about the quarantine procedure and how stringent all that was, it just occurred to me and I asked the question. So you, you really can't mandate that they're quarantined. And they said, no, we, we really can't. We can keep trying to educate them. We can insist and suggest. But it's pretty much still up to the personal responsibility of the player. If he still wants to go see his girlfriend, if he still wants to go to that party, we are not going to be able to stop him. It, it would be almost literally impossible. So that led to, and I know around the program and around the school, Someone asked me if there was some backlash because of the of the document that was signed. Um, and I answered on the forum that there, there wasn't really backlash. What there was is some kind of, you know, frustration over kind of the hypocrisy that a lot of the players signed that document. And it, it was under the that document was under the cover of we want to ensure some safeguards playing football during a pandemic. While at the same time, there are clearly some players who are not personally ensuring <laughs> uh, their own safety. Yeah, uh, but if I'm if I'm at home and I lift a box and hurt myself, um, I'm still entitled to workplace protections when I lift a box at work and hurt myself. Sure, a absolutely. 100%. Even if I lift that I box that. at home irresponsibly. True, but you're not going out of your way necessarily to make a point that we need more safeguards at work, and then you violate those exact safeguards well, it's in one your own life. But it's one thing to do something on, I mean, and look, I think it's irresponsible and stupid, but it's one thing to do something on your own time, and it's another thing when you're a money-making operation for the university. Um, right, and what I'm saying is that's where the frustration was. Is that yeah, I get the frustration to an extent, but also what? for one thing, for one thing, from this standpoint, UCLA's I, I mean, okay, just look at it this way they've got these dorms and they are dedicating uh, separate these. I can't even, I don't even know what dorms they are. I think I was told, but I can't remember uh, for the football players. I think the original plan was for them to have two per room. But in interacting with the committee, the players committee, and just talking it out, they decided to make it one player per room. So that went that like doubled the cost for UCLA. UCLA, this is costing universities a lot of money, yeah, to, to do this. So they're outlaying a lot of money 
all of these, you know, safeguards so that they keep these guys as safe as possible. And then on Friday night, they go to a party with 100 people. I mean, they would uh, they would certainly have more control over it if they were paying them. Um, so and to get back to your point about <laughs> about work safeguards and Dave, I would think you would agree with this. Yes, you're doing that on your own, but you're only potentially hurting yourself when you're lifting that box. When you go out to a party in this environment, you can bring that back to your entire team. Yeah, and it, it, don't get me wrong. It's irresponsible. I think it's irresponsible for anybody to be doing that sort of commingling right now. But um, I, I guess what I'm saying is I don't think that is necessarily disqualifying if they also want to make sure that there are protections for them to feel safe at their essential job. Not um, disqualifying, just really disappointing. <laughs> like, yeah, it's not great. Yeah. It's not a great look. Um, they're also, you know, I, I make this point a lot. They're they're under the age of 25. Their brains don't work yet. Yeah. They won't start working for a few years. Yeah. From what I've heard uh, from some people in the athletic department, when they talk to the players, the players just say, hey, coach, when are we going to start playing, man? <laughs> that's that's what all of them say first hey when can we get back when are we going to start playing yeah <laughs> like like so many of them just literally they're 21 year olds i don't they are so, not paying attention to what's going on in the news at all honestly just, the way the way i read that letter was they were using this as an opportunity to lay out some guidelines that they'd like to follow going forward generally like it didn't honestly feel that covid specific so much of right. it that's why to be... I said they yeah. went under the cover of the COVID nineteen yeah. thing to make other points. Yes. Yeah. Which is cool. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, they're lying, just like everyone needs to learn <laughs> everyone needs to learn how to lie and use crises to your advantage. Come on. Exactly. Um, um Yeah. So, so that's UCLA's plan. Um <laughs> we also covered uh on the podcast of champions this week some plans for the rest of the league. Most of them are really similar. I thought it was interesting to note the Arizona schools. They're returning players in chunks every Monday for a while. Um so Arizona's returning twenty players every Monday starting last week. Um ASU is returning twenty seven players every Monday starting last week. Wow. I just thought that was weird and interesting. Yeah. I um, think what will be really, this will be interesting. Uh, as I reported, and I should say before everyone else was reporting, um, uh, the whole ramp up. Now, this is the NCA mandated or approved guidelines of, of the dates that you can go back. For UCLA, after everyone gets on campus and they do all that stuff we heard in the press conference, then they start activities on the 6th, July 6th. Um, I think it's going to be very interesting to see if UCLA actually does start on the 6th. Uh, I, I can say that I've heard there are some people within the program and the athletic department who are wary of of start of starting in the environment of the pandemic so it will be interesting to see if we hear they actually right now i guess i'll just come out and say it i've heard that it's uncertain if they will start when they are ncaa sanctioned to start they could very well wait until a bit longer 
So, yeah. I kind of broke news right there, didn't I? You broke you broke news. <laughs> Are you Scottish? I don't know what happened there. I started out with it and I'm like whatever, we're going. Um well, that's an interesting choice. Um yes. if the intention is to go forward with the season, you would imagine you would want as much if you're I mean if you're looking at the situation in California, um not to get into specifics, but just generally, it's not like it's trending great right now. It's I, I think if you're looking at it in the rosiest possible scenario, it's about flat. Um which Wait, is what are, what are you talking about? What's flat? Cases. Um well so cases are going up, but percent positive is maintaining at, you know, just under six percent, so probably rising but if you want to still convince yourself it's flat it's fine um <laughs> no, no, okay. I mean, you can you can be optimistic and think it's gonna that dip right back down brilliant that's fine um hey, look i'm a i'm a i'm a middle of the road guy you i'm just go, trying to give both sides you go contrary it's so great no yeah. matter what it's beautiful but okay so california um it's at best flat um it's probably not going to trend better anytime very soon maybe if things you know, pick up a little bit, maybe things go back down mid July or so. But by the Well let's just I don't wait, think delaying go, the start forward yet. How could things get better? They would have to do measures again, I would think. Um okay. some sort of measures, you know, either I don't, I don't see that happening. Do you see that happening? Um they wouldn't have to go lockdown again. Even if so Newsom did the the statewide like quote unquote mandate for masks. I don't know how that's being enforced anywhere if they are enforcing it anywhere. Um but I don't know if if even like something silly like even if um whatever the food whatever the food, food regulatory commission actually started going into restaurants and shutting them down if they're not following the rules. Because I know of a lot of restaurants that are not doing that in a lot of states. Um, even if they did that, maybe that cuts it down enough that it starts to go down again. Whatever. Just okay. theoretical measure takes place that starts to lower it. That's not going to happen for a while. Um, and I don't see a scenario where, oh, July 6th, well, let's wait and see if things get better, is going to make it any better later in July. Like I think July might end up being a pretty rough one again. So well, they have a they have a, I mean they absolutely so it's July 6th the next date is uh July 17th. Um that's when they take it up a notch in terms of walkthroughs, weightlifting and everything and then fall camp would start July 31st. They can't go they need to start July 17th. They can't push that back. I, I mean that's just it's not I'd say they would be at an extreme disadvantage if they didn't take advantage of those of that two weeks before fall camp starts and they might put their kids at risk too um so yeah i kind of agree i mean holding back from july 6th to july 9th or 10th is that really going to make that big of a difference it's not and i don't think you're going to have any more the only more information you're going to have is to and maybe you know and uh, talking around it uh, maybe these you know maybe the goal is to see if it's ever going to be safe enough to play and then Maybe three days after July 6th, the state decides to lock down again, you know? Let's, uh, since we're right on this point, so the week of June 21st, weekly positive percentage in California was 5.8. It has steadily gone up from May 17th, which was 4.1, so it went to 5.8. But that's not, that's not dramatic 
because I'll show you dramatic. Since we're talking about oh, Arizona, 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 on May 10th, it was 6.5% a weekly positive rate. Have you looked at this? If I ask it's, you to guess, it's take a guess. 22? 23.2. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. So 23.2, you're starting to get into where it was kind of in peak New York territory nearly. Um, but they weren't testing as many. Like it's it's pretty astounding to be at twenty three percent with the amount of tests that Arizona is doing. New York on April nineteenth. Oh no, I'm sorry. On April, uh, wow, April fifth, they were at forty two percent. But you're well, right. But that was testing. a few tests. That was yeah. they were basically only testing people who came in like ill. You know where New York is now? Two percent. One point one. Yeah. Well, they allow, already allowed everyone who was going to really get sick to die. Oh, God. Is that, that a little too much? A little too harsh about her? Everyone <laughs> else who first turned off. Wait, look at the. Look at the look the at phone your, lines, the phone lines yeah, are the off phone the hook lines, after that yeah, one. Okay, so they called back. Yeah, they yeah. Missed. No, they were, they were horrified. Um, yeah. So, so I'm sorry, I stopped you down because I wanted to get details on stage by stage. Yeah, so, so California is yeah. nowhere in it. So I, I, basically what I would say is when people, and this is just generally, when people are talking about the states that are going off the hook right now, California is kind of getting lumped into that, but it's probably not justified. The ones to really keep an eye out for that I've seen are the Carolinas, Arizona, and Florida. Those are the ones that are really popping off from a positive test rate. Um, Texas isn't is not good, but it's not in it with Florida and Arizona right now, which are the really, really, really bad ones. Um, yeah, Texas is at eleven percent. Yeah, they, and they've just kind of been around ten or eleven for like a week now. Um, Florida's spiking, and Arizona's spiking bad. Yeah, Arizona's the worst. Florida's at fourteen percent. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I shouldn't laugh. I just no. I, it's not. I don't it's... know why. I don't know why. And this is. I'm just going to confess. This is. I'm a horrible person. For, but when I see those images of people just wandering around bars, just right next to each other in a big old packed bar, they're all like about 24 years old and they look high as hell. Like they're, you know, in a Florida bar, right? Yeah. Oh, I just. Have you ever played? Have you ever seen? If you ever have, Google a Florida man. Have you ever done that? Oh, yeah. Florida man, for sure. Oh, Florida man is so good. It's yeah. so good. So shouldn't make fun of Florida. But, but you know, there are no teams in the Pac-12 in Florida, so I can make fun of Florida. Yeah, we're okay. Uh, but, dang, I mean, you you just have to I, – I shouldn't laugh. I just shouldn't laugh. But I, 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 I don't know. Just young – drunk people in a bar make you laugh anyway right yeah so the, the, just, the, the the not funny part is that none of them are going to or very few of them are going to get seriously ill or die from it and uh they'll pass it on to people who will more than likely yeah um, or they'll get that what's that uh ground up glass <laughs> yeah the ground glass <laughs> opacities in their lungs could you come up with a worse name for that <laughs> glass <laughs> that sounds so bad because most of the time when you have a when you have something it's monocycliosis and it doesn't it's not it you doesn't know, it's sound something it's that. something that's got some like latin to it it kind of flows off the tongue but ground like glass? ground I mean, glass are opacities start, are we going to start naming 
things on like literally how they look and stuff? I, I mean, should we call like if you have emphysema from smoking, we're going to say like crap lungs? Well, they know they used to. I mean, black lung. That's a thing. Black lung. Yeah, that's true. I mean, gangrene. <laughs> they should start doing it by by the way it feels. Like, oh yeah, I've got um, I've got uh, uh, choking every day in my lungs. It's not good. I don't like it. I got. If anyone else knows some some things, some little illnesses that are really graphic. Yeah, ground glass opacities. I don't like it. Ground glass opacity. Yeah, no, not good. Um, well, we've gone far afield. Um, the the basic thing there is though that looking at California, um, it just waiting from July sixth to July tenth. I mean, honestly, the only reason to do that is to see if it gets worse. Um, and well, see that's if you're going to get prevented from playing. Yeah, I mean, I, or as because it's getting worse. How much three, worse? <laughs> three or four more days, you're still keeping everyone from a higher risk by having them start activities. Yeah. So if they do that, I think that would actually, you know, that seems like a... I, how much are you missing with four days or whatever it ends up being that you don't do? And how much are you potentially gaining by not exposing... You know, well, you know, every coach, every coach wants every last minute. So <laughs> they will feel that they're at a deficit that they missed on a couple of days. That, because, I mean, I hear it right now. There are other programs that have been out there having their kids on having their players on campus already going through stuff. And the coaches that aren't feel that they're, you know, they're at a deficit. So, yeah. Yeah. And then there's the issue of the coaches. As they said when I, I asked that question, so coaches are, um, you would have to say generally are more at risk than a player. Yes. Um, for serious symptoms. They are going to be around the players just as, as much. And they are not really personally quarantined. I mean, they're going to go, a quarantine to me and locking down is when you stay with the same people in one house. This is not quarantine when you go and spend the day with 120 heavy breathing men, then you go back to your home. <laughs> That's not the way it should work. I mean, if I were, I think if I were a coach and I was over the age of whatever, and I had any underlying conditions, and I wasn't blood type O, um, I think I'd go ask for a room in the dorm, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I, there's a lot of, I mean, and even, you know, we're talking about UCLA's plan and how it's, you know, very good. It's very player-centric, and I don't think there is a way to figure this out um, adequately for all all different types of personnel associated with a football program. Um, but that includes coaches, um, since many of them are, and especially, I mean, on UCLA staff, you've got at least a few who are in bordering on at risk age. Um, and then you can't, there have to be a number of coaches that live in a household with someone who has some kind of compromised health issue. Yeah. Uh, or you know what? It reminds me, Avery Bradley, the Laker, uh, is opting out of the NBA bubble games because I think his daughter has some kind of health issue, so he's decided not to do it. Yeah, 
Well, and uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just uh, yeah, there. I mean, there's there's going to be a lot of that stuff. Um, and how many of these coaches, you know, there a lot of them are at the age in their fifties or something where their parents or one of their parents might be living with them now. You know, right. there's all That's kinds of I mean. stuff like that. So right. Um, and then and then honestly, uh, here's something else that I think is uh, I think it's a distinct uh, concern. In in knowing how you know watching college football players and basketball players, um, you know they're they're athletes. They're in great physical shape when they're in high school. They come to college, and a lot of times they have some kind of underlying condition. And they because they're so athletic, they've never discovered it. Uh, heart arrhythmia, um, diabetes, just various things. Yeah. There are a lot of there are a lot of players right now, even though they've had thorough physicals because uh, through the athletic department, who really aren't even aware. Look at Sharif O'Neal. Sharif O'Neal. Yeah, I think there are a lot. There I, are. I mean, I, you hear about it every now and then. Of some guy, oh, he had to get, he's redshirting this year because he had to get heart surgery or he had to I get feel- some kind of thing fixed that was like a major underlying and potentially genetic condition that no one knew about because they didn't have. You know, they never got a full physical until they were 18. I've heard from a lot of ex-players over the years, and I mean, this isn't this isn't a, you know, a study, but I've heard from enough where they said, you know, by the time they were 30, 35, they said, you know what? I had a heart arrhythmia, and I never knew. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, or just something like that. That would have put them at risk for, you know, two-a-days back then, 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yep. Anyway. Yeah. So given all this, Dave, you are still pessimistic about the season being played, correct? Um, I'm a little bit so I was I was bordering on optimistic a couple of weeks ago and then the way things have gone When everything late, was locked down and the curve was going down. No yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And even immediately afterwards when everyone around college football was getting optimistic, even I wasn't optimistic about how it would go, but I was optimistic that there would be a season uh, because it seemed like everyone around the sport was just gung-ho, we're going to do it. Now it seems there's been a little bit more, you know, rubber meeting the road with a lot of the different um, programs starting to do their testing and finding out people are, you know, ill and then you're having to quarantine and all this kind of stuff. And I think the logistical challenge of it all is starting to, you know, rear its ugly head a little bit and programs are struggling with that. And then on top of that, some major college football states, Texas, Florida, Arizona, and California to an extent are experiencing, you know, real upticks. The South generally is not doing particularly well right now. Um, And without the South, there really isn't college football as like a money-making endeavor. Um, But on top of that, Arizona's in bad shape. And uh, and California, I would say, is not trending well. Um, it's not yet in dire straits, but it's not trending well. So looking at the whole expanse of everything, I'm kind of back to, yeah, I think college football still has a chance of starting, but I, I think it's going to be paused pretty quickly. Huh. Okay, so I have, you know, I kind of have an argument, too, that I've just thought of at this very moment against the, the positive percentage. Um, and being that that's the only criteria, whether as applied to 
football teams actually conducting a season. I don't think that's really that pertinent because even though you're testing more, and let's say for like California, that the weekly percentage of positives has barely gone up, hasn't really spiked. But you're testing more and you're, all that means is you're more aware of everyone who does have it and even the asymptomatic people. The more, it, all it really comes down to is the more people who test positive, the more likely a program like UCLA shuts down. So a lot of people who weren't tested before, you, we didn't know if they had it. The more people we test, the possibility that more people will show like that they have it, correct? If you test more, that's the theory. More people will show positive. So, and that's what we're seeing. But then the percentage would be going down. If if you're testing a lot more, um, you're you're in theory going to be testing a lot more people who don't have it. Right. I'm just saying the more people that test positive, that will translate. You just think the into absolute number. The absolute number, because that's what it's going to be about college uh, college football, whether it's played. The absolute number. I, I think there's two things. I think it's going to be how many people <laughs> are quarantined and on the sideline and can't play and and it's a week by week thing of whether they feel they can feel the team one and two if anyone dies yeah i, I mean that kind of makes sense right uh, I, I think before that i don't think they'll close it down if 10 people are positive and they're not playing and they're quarantined and not playing that week D do you think they would um, it's going to depend on the program. It's going to depend on who's ill. It's going to depend on a lot of different things. Let's um, think about UCLA since we're familiar with their decision-making process. If 10 or 15 guys are out that week because they are quarantined. Yes. I don't think they're playing. Really? What's the number? Because well, you're talking about 10 or four, 10 or 15, but you're on top of the regular injuries. I mean, how many, how many guys do you have to field before it's, you know, a danger to play the game? Um, yeah. And if you're, you can't guarantee that it's an even smattering of guys, um, you know, that might take out an entire, you know, three deep at a position. Um, so the yeah, entire I, offensive line. Well, I just think when you're, when you're talking about that and the thing is, it's going to be clustered. So you're in your group, your cluster group of your position group. Well, what if all the defensive backs get hurt or get ill? Um, so I, I have a, one-offs I think are going to be dealt with and they won't have to cancel games. But when you're starting to talk about clusters of five or 10 guys who are getting sick or who have symptoms or whatever, uh, then I think it becomes unmanageable because what team is going to want to play you when you've had an outbreak? There are so many, the more you, you sit and think about it and talk about it, the more scenarios come out. It's not easy. It's this is a really tough. It's a tough thing to figure out. Um, if the goal, if the goal you're working back from is we want to have a football season where we make a lot of money, getting there without a lot of turmoil and a lot of issues is going to be a really tough nut to crack. Okay, so if you're Hawaii. <laughs> Which has, I mean, their rate is so low. 
it might be one of the lowest in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, UCLA has, you know, a, a few uh, ten cases, eight cases. Are you wary about UCLA coming to play? Uh, do you? Does the state of Hawaii let the whole UCLA team fly there? Well, that's and the thing. Is like, I know certain states are um, starting to institute quarantines for other states. Right. If you're a traveler from Florida right now, I don't think you can get into New York without a two week quarantine. Same for Arizona to New York. Well, what if it starts to get into, you know, actual opponents you're going to play? What if Hawaii does institute a hey anybody coming from California has got a quarantine for 14 days? Is UCLA going to head out there in mid-August? I mean, right now I'm looking at Hawaii. They're averaging about like 10 new positive tests a day for the whole state. Yeah. And (laughs) if. Are they going to have an exception for football teams that are traveling? And if so, why? And do they? Ju- how do they justify that to their, you know, state governments and whatnot? I mean, we've seen we've seen some states ban travelers from other states. Well, not so, ban. They, they've had to institute a quarantine. I think quarantine. when you when you get into the banning, then you're starting to violate the constitution. Um, well, come on, like that's ever <laughs> has that ever stopped anybody? Come on, um, we love to so violate. The, the what does Hawaii do? They say. Y'all have to quarantine before you play the game. I don't know. I but, just but yeah. they, but the thing is, they oh. can't because they, can't, they, they need if say if there's like a uh, you know I mean the, the walking through it all it it just it's anytime you just kind of focus in on any one aspect of this and are like okay let's really get to the bottom of this the problem essentially feels unsolvable at its at its bottom where you're actually keeping everyone from getting ill. Or, you know, infected. Um, I will say, I'm going to make a guess. And I want you to, okay, this is what you're going to do. Write down right now, or just keep it in your mind. What week UCLA gets to before it closes it down? What? How many games does it play okay. before it closes it down? And we'll say it at the same time. You ready? I'm ready. One, two, three. Three, Go. four, three, three point five. <laughs> okay. Yeah, both of us are are like late September. Yeah. And uh, here's what I, I I honestly this would still be my plea, um, which is completely going to fall on deaf ears. But I'd really like for there to be a football season, a full and complete one. That's totally cool and awesome. Um, the only way we're going to get there is if we, everybody masks up, we probably go into back, back into some small scale, but like actual total shutdown for like three weeks, four weeks, really knock down community transmission everywhere. Not just in, you know, the States that actually did a really good job of knocking it down last time. And then we emerge, we start the season a little bit later and everything's fine. You know, we've got it down to contact tracing at that point, the whole deal. I don't think if we really shut it down, it would take much more than three or four weeks, but we're not going to do it. But just, it's so close. We could do it. Look at, look at Europe. They're not, they're having nowhere near this community transmission really anywhere anymore. Um, We could do this still. Like there's still, we, we could, we could, we could give it a shot. And if the motivation is to have a football season, I can't think of a better motivating factor. I just I, I want to watch some football. 
I really, I really do. do. I'd like to watch a I full really season do. of it. I would like my Saturdays occupied with, you know, that. Oh my god, that sounds so good. It sounds it? great. Just to think about it. It sounds great. I haven't, I haven't wanted to like tease myself and think about it. So you just kind of. I know. Well, because yeah. I usually like I start counting down, like I start counting down the days and everything. And this year, I'm just. That's so I don't, cute. I don't want to set myself up for failure. You know. I don't think you should. I don't want to set myself real... up for disappointment. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I want? What I were really, really would have liked to have seen too. I mean, remember when we were hearing the plan is that they might move some conference games into the slots where the non-conference. Yep. Uh, game. We that is not being discussed anymore. And I would have liked to. Have, I if we're only going to play three or four games, I'd like to see UCLA play conference. I want to see some real games. I don't want to see New Mexico State. I, I think that's. I don't know why everyone's forgotten this. That's huge to me. If we're seriously, as we, as you and I said, just the thought of playing a game just gives you chills. You want to see college football. I don't want to see New Mexico State. I, I, I just, if you you want to optimize our product that we're going to put out, it's not New Mexico State. No. I guess Clay Clay Hilton, you know, when he was. <laughs> when he was, was floating that one scenario of like what was it an eleven game, eleven game season yeah. and it was and it was all Pac twelve when he was trying to get rid of the Alabama game. I guess no one's listening to Clay. No, no, Chip Kelly doesn't want that. He wants his New Mexico State. Yeah, and I I understand that, and yeah, you know UCLA fans want a winning season, whatever. I just want I don't want to. I just want to watch. I don't want to. I just want to watch wanna, a full season of football. But I want to see a good if, – if we have to choose, I'd rather see them play USC. Sure. I, it'll feel – the thing is, the whole thing I, – I don't know. I'm already setting myself – it's just going to feel like exhibitions. Like it's going to feel like a meaningless game to me because I'm going to be – you know, it's got the sword of Damocles head, holding over your head. Um, I think – I just want to throw this in too. Um, UCLA's campus is shut down till. September 11, I think. So, very. Un- I'm just. I do not have any definitive word. I'm just extrapolating. Um, very unlikely that we're going to get media availability uh, in person. I'd say they're probably thinking about some kind of uh, Zoom interviews. And I, I mean. We'll have to, like, I don't know. What are we going to get? Like a helicopter or a, something to go check out practice, maybe? Wow. I wonder if they'll have socially distanced slots on the lot. I, I Well, they're not going to let us on campus. I mean, September 11th, so that's past fall camp. Yeah, but aren't you – I mean, you're, you're necessary personnel. <laughs> Dave, you have to come out here and do that because you're younger than I am. I'm at risk. That's a good point. I have a drinking problem, Dave. You need to go. That seems right. Yeah. That seems right. Um, what were we also going to talk about today, Tracy? No, that's enough. Okay. That was fun. Yeah, that was and, good. But you, you know, and we really didn't get political. I would like I'm to gonna, think we did. I'm not going to get any emails about. Oh, I, I love. Th- Dave I think Woods. you still are. I love Dave Woods. I love Dave Woods. I love his content. I absolutely love him, but. You know, I'm, I'm just against his politics, and 
joke. It's inevitably people who follow me on Twitter. Like, inevitably. And it's just like, hey, you know what? That unfollow button is right there. And I don't follow you on Twitter. so Why would you? Yeah. Don't, it's nothing. Hey, got people. Don't follow Dave on Twitter. Don't. It's not going to be an enjoyable experience for you. It rarely is for me. Don't do yeah. it. What are you thinking? He's not imparting any No, it UCLA is nothing, nothing but shitposting. That's all he's it just, is. He's contemplating his own navel. He's yeah, doing no, nothing. I am, I am just up my own butt at all times. Don't. Well, I gotta, find a gra- I gotta find a graphic of someone's head up their butt. Yeah, no, so far up my own butt that it's actually inside of my head again. Think about that one. Wrap your hand around that one. How or many fools are following you, David Woods? Um, Thirty one hundred uh, people would, are following. You. It's about, all of you. It's about all fifty fewer than um, at the beginning of uh, the George Floyd protests. <laughs> I haven't been to your site in a long. time. A Third Amendment advocate. That's very cute. I thought so. See, that's very cute. How many people read that and they understand? They get the joke. I don't know, but now there's a uh, there's a really funny account out there um, that's just this guy who's like talking about the Third Amendment all the time. Jim Amendments. I recommend it. Really? Yeah, it's great. It's really funny. I mean, what were they thinking? In the Third Amendment, you're the history. The thing is, like every, what were they thinking? A lot of the other ones are like, oh, general. Like this applies to a lot of things. That one is so specific to the time period. (laughs) I know. So specific. Why don't they say specifically what he's allowed to bring? You are not allowed to. uh, Can you bring your horse into the house? Yeah, you you can. You can basically forbid somebody, some some soldier uh, in the army, from from quartering himself in your house. Just so you all know. The Third Amendment is that the United States Constitution allows it literally allows soldiers to accommodate someone to take over someone's house without their. No, 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 no. no. It's the opposite. It it prevents them from being allowed to be quartered because that was a big thing. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. No soldier. uh, I'm going to read it to you now. I'm going to let the people know. No soldier shall in time of peace. This is an important be quartered in any house without the consent of the owner, nor in time of war, but in a manner to be prescribed by law. So in a time of war prescribed by law, it's still possible. But in a time of peace, no, sir. So if, if let's say, UCLA, uh, UCLA, sorry, United States is uh, fighting in Afghanistan, time sure. of war. Sure. Some soldier could come and knock on your door and say, I need your house. But only if it was prescribed by an additional law. So okay. it would have to be some situation where, look, this soldier got back from Afghanistan. He could really use some very nice air conditioning. We've noticed that you have incredible central air. We're <laughs> going to get a law passed that if you have incredible central air, the soldiers can quarter in your house. And that's what we're doing. Like, I think under that sort of scenario, it's possible. It's legally plausible. People, this is the kind of junk you get on Dave's. This is this is content. This is hashtag content. You thirty one hundred and forty two people. What are they doing with their lives? I just want you to. I just. Yeah. No, we should start an unfollow campaign. <laughs> that, this is just going to make more people follow you. No, 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 no. This no. has defeated my entire purpose. I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm I'm capped out. I'm tapped. You know what the most amazing thing is? I mean, just look at you. Just look at you. You look like you live in a, 
a beer garden to me. You look mm-hmm. like a guy from Portland who makes beer in his tub and started his own little brew pub. Uh-huh. That's that's who you look like. Yeah. If you were going to assume what political uh, side, what side of the political spectrum you are, I mean, is this really that surprising that you're, a, you know, an anarchist? Is this surprising? No. Well, so that's the thing is, like, I've evolved quite a bit. Like, when we first, like, started doing this stuff, I wouldn't say I was, like, a conservative by any means, but pretty middle of the road. You know really? what's done it. Do you know what's done it? Oh, I, I do know. I it's know. Living, but in, Georgia. living yeah. in Georgia. I think my natural contrarianism yeah. combined with many other factors, but it's I'm I'm a I'm a bomb throwing anarchist now. OK, we've gone for it. We did so well not talking politics. Why did I do this? This okay. is just descriptive. I'm not even advocating for it right now. OK, I know. But it's still it's still makes people uneasy. Look, if anyone's hanging in here, look, if anyone's hanging in here at the 52 minute mark. Come on. What are those people doing? <laughs> That's true. You're just go if, home. If, look, if you're go listening, home. What are here's you still what I would watching say. for. Here's go home. If they're listening to the 52 minute mark of a mostly COVID related podcast where they know we're like tiptoeing around like all these present issues at all times and they're opposed to the way we stand on all this stuff, they're just looking to be outraged. Like that's all they want from it. So, you know, you got to give them a treat. Yeah. Well, this has been fun. What, what movie was that? You're still here. It's over. Go home. Ooh. It was the first, really, I think. Uh. The first that did the, where the titles rolled and then the character came back out and, and broke the the estate. What is that? Earned... Is it a Mel Brooks? No. What is it? Let me tell you. You're not going to guess. Yeah, no, tell me. I'm not going to get it. Ferris Bueller. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that's the exact. You're still here. It's oh. over. Home. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, this is fun. Yeah. All right. Talk to you later. All right. Uh, <laughs> thank you, everybody, uh, for listening to this edition of the Rowcast. I'm David Woods. That's Tracy Pearson, Bruin Report Online, and we will talk to you again next time. Be safe out there.